0: reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. Listen for God's word for each of us this morning. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, I am with you always, to the very end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. you pray with me? Lord God, we pray this morning that the commission we have just heard may ring in our hearts, may feel true and for us. God, this morning, whether we are near or far from one another, give us the faith to believe that we have gathered around the god who we know through the father the son and the holy spirit let this truth shape who we are and how we engage the world we pray these things in christ's name amen well friends welcome to trinity sunday i'm i've heard from many of you that you have been Looking forward to this day for months, you've had countdowns, asking me, when is it again, when's it happening? Uh, You know, it's almost like it's the new Christmas. I I have no doubt many of your kids had trouble sleeping, asking, you know, is tomorrow the day? Is tomorrow Trinity Sunday? (sighs) I can feel the excitement in this empty room. Okay, maybe that's not totally true. Maybe if I was being honest, uh, I, had, I would say that I've never actually been a part of a worship service that's focused on Trinity Sunday. I don't even know if I could say that, that it actually existed. And in fact, when I first read about it and first saw it and first, uh, knew it was coming up on the calendar, uh, I kind of felt like it was akin to if our country had a holiday to, to focus on the Federal Reserve because just think about it just like the trinity most people are going to say that the fed is important plays an important role and many of us have uninformed but but passionate opinions on why that is true and yet at the same time those opinions rarely impact how we live day to day. They would only come up if somebody asked us about it. And at the end of the day, the few people who, who can actually explain what the Fed does and, and why it's important, oftentimes they don't even agree with one another. And I gotta admit, I'm pretty proud of that analogy because it could just as easily describe the Trinity for many Christians. Because with the Trinity, almost all of us would agree, anyone who's trying to follow Jesus, we would say that the Trinity is important. St. Augustine once wrote, every measure of Christian progress comes through a spiritual and reasoned understanding of the Trinity that is a bold statement it's a convicting statement so convicting it makes us almost want to say at least me want to say like I that might be a little over the top that is until we remember the the passage we just read when Jesus is commissions his disciples his final word to to his 11 original followers is to go and to form a community and to invite people into that community through a baptism in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is important. This, the Trinity is the thing at the center of the church. It's what binds us together. Yet at the same time, the Trinity is not easy to understand. I once heard someone describe the Trinity as as one what and three who's. Which is simple enough and and probably true, but if even you try to venture a little bit into explaining the what or one of the who's, you're going to sound like Abbott and Costello, real quick. In fact, I, I bet you should try to do it. It is probably going to be funnier than the who's on first bit. And of course, part of that is that the Trinity is a theological doctrine, and it's got lots of intricacies, and, and, and it is a deep and dense topic, but, and that is certainly true, and that is certainly part of why it's hard to understand. But another reason is that the Trinity will always have some level of mystery to it. It is a doctrine that reminds us of who God is and helps us to know God, but we must know that we will never know God fully. We cannot venture into the Trinity and say, well, I now get it. I'm done with it. I have fully understand it. It's always something that we grow into more and more understanding of. And so, the Trinity is important. It's not easy to understand. And because of those two points, just like the Fed, the Trinity can cause some division. You know? the trinity it is in fact it's the great cause of the first schism in the church it divided the east and the west many of the most famous heretics were excommunicated from the church killed because they because of their understanding of how the three parts of the trinity related people took this seriously and it divided even ended people's life some historians even say that islam gained popularity people left christianity and joined that faith because they saw the trinity as a polytheistic version of god and faith whereas islam was very clearly monotheistic so for us the trinity again it's important It's complicated, and it can divide. And all of this combines to mean that we rarely allow the triune nature of God to shape our lives. We rarely allow that to be at the forefront of a regular Tuesday or Wednesday. But I think Dallas Willard puts the Trinity in proper place. I think he shows us that despite those three things I just mentioned being true, we must continue to dig in to who this God is and how we understand our God to act in our lives and in the world. In his book, Divine Conspiracy, Willard writes this, and it's kind of a long excerpt, but I just think it's so good I couldn't cut any part of it. But he says, To have the right answers about the trinity and to actually believe in the reality of the trinity is all the difference in the world the advantage of believing in the reality of the trinity is not that we can get an a from god for giving the right answer remember to believe something is to act as if it is so To believe 2 plus 2 equals 4 is to behave accordingly when trying to find out how many dollars or apples are in the house. The advantage of believing that equation is not that we can pass tests in arithmetic. It's that we can deal much more successfully with reality. Just try dealing with reality as if 2 plus 2 equaled 6. Hence, the advantage of believing in the Trinity is that we then live as if the Trinity is real. Live as if it is real. That seems important. That seems worth it. And one of the great gifts of the liturgical year, this thing we have been journeying through, for the past many months, is that it invites us into the fullness of this triune reality. I didn't really notice it until uh, I was looking through things this week, but just check this out. We began the church calendar at Advent. And what is Advent? It is a season where we wait on the Father to act. It is a season where we acknowledge and we find hope that God is the beginning and end of all things. And then we move into Christmas, Epiphany, and Lent. And each of these combine to help us move through the life of Jesus and to experience it. It's a journey to see And repent and submit to Jesus and his ways. And it leads us up to Easter, a season to to bathe in new creation. To see that this God who is the beginning of all things has come as one of us, but he has come to not simply rescue us or teach us a better way to live, but the Easter season reminds us that this God has been one of us to redeem us for a new communal life. And that's what the church was doing, that's what his followers were doing, being a community together when we began to celebrate Pentecost last Sunday. And Pentecost is the moment where the church becomes empowered and sent out by the Holy Spirit. This good news now dwells in us, calls us, equips us, and empowers us to be the hands and feet in building His kingdom. Do you see it? We have had time to recognize how God is the Father. We have journeyed with God incarnate as Jesus, named and basked in the reality of that mission, and then been empowered and acknowledged the work of the Spirit in our lives and the world. And that brings us to today, Trinity Sunday which is the first Sunday in ordinary time. Ordinary time is the longest season of the church calendar. It'll go all the way to the new year, all the way to the beginning of Advent again. An ordinary time is to take the journey that we have t- t- uh, gone this far and to say, combine, this is who God is. And therefore it is about believing that to be true and living it out in the world ordinary time is the season of the trinity it is to work out what faith looks like in regular life and this is what our passage makes clear this morning we have been called by jesus to create community to invite people into community Defined by the truth of the triune God. It's even baked in to what Jesus says in our passage. He reminds us that He is Lord and Savior, because all authority has been given to him from the Father. And we owe, and then He calls us to obey what He has taught us, a focus on His life and His teachings and His ways. And he concludes by saying, He will be with us always through the Spirit. This whole commission is grounded in three truths, three ways of being one God. And I think that's profound. I think that's incredibly interesting. It it makes the church year have more meaning. And yet, I think it's understandable if we were to ask, but how is this relevant? Why is this doctrine, why is the Trinity, why is it worth uh, wrestling with? Why is this the the central part of what it means to be a community of Christian faith? Why can't we just treat the Trinity like we do uh, any math equation? Know it and just assume it's true and be done with it. Well, I understand those questions and those thoughts, but but let me ask you this. Have some of you struggled this past week feeling like you either need to empathize and understand why people are protesting and even rioting, but you also feel like you need to stand against the destruction of property and you can't figure out how you could possibly do both. Or maybe you just can't figure out how to acknowledge the police have an incredibly difficult job. And it's good and right to be grateful for the ways that they help make us safe. While at the same time, acknowledging and even fighting for systematic, for, against the systematic injustices of the criminal justice system. Or maybe this week, you can't seem to hold intention tension that it is true that everyone falls short of the glory of God. That no one is perfect or better than somebody else. And yet, we are not called to fight for everyone equally. We are called to fight for the poor and the marginalized and the oppressed. That is a a very nuanced thing to hold those things in tension. It's very complicated. And it's hard to do from just a worldly mindset. But these kinds of moments where where we don't feel like we're equipped or resourced to engage faithfully, it doesn't even have to be current events. I mean, I know that this happens in work where you feel like it, you, it is right and good to advocate for, for fair pay, pay. Advocate to be able to do the work that you want to do. But at the same time, it's very difficult to figure out how to do that and not make work or money an idol in your life. Our world is full of pushes and pulls. It's very rarely... Uh, black and white but, and if we have not wrestled with the triune God if we have not submitted to the truth that God is for us but not catered to us revealed to us but never fully known if we're not comfortable living in mystery and grace side by side Friends, I'm here to tell you when we step outside the church, we will cling to a reality defined by the world and not the kingdom of the triune God. When we get into places where it seems hard to hold things in tension, where we need to pick an either or an or situation, what will most often happen if we have not wrestled and come to believe who God is, in those places, we will be defensive, bitter, and anxious, instead of peaceful, patient, and kind. And yet, this is where I return to our passage. In fact, this passage, I think, has one of the great uh, a detail that I think is one of the greatest gifts to us as followers of Jesus. It says that the 11 disciples went to the mountain that Jesus instructed, his his inner circle. And that when they saw Jesus, every one of them worshipped, but some doubted. Every one of them knew who Jesus was, knew he was the resurrected Lord and Savior Yet some struggle to believe. And what does Jesus do? He commissions them. Not just the ones who believed, but the ones who doubted too. Anyone who knew who Jesus was, anyone who had experienced the truth of that, he commissioned them to go out and to form community around the fullness of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, because Jesus knew that wrestling with the truth of the Trinity and community, that's what would move knowledge to belief, and belief to action. And friends, that's what happened with the church. And it is why Paul, in a letter to the Philippians, says that we are called to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. It's why in our Presbyterian Reformed tradition, we say that we are reformed, but always reforming. We are learning to dig into the mystery of God, and in doing so, it gives us a lens to dig into the complicated parts of of our life, which is why, friends, I believe if we are willing to do this, if we embrace God's great commission, we'll not only gain a more robust faith perspective, we'll have the tools to live our faith in a complicated, nuanced, broken world. Because our reality will not be defined by fairness or personal agenda, by winners or losers. It will be defined by the triune God. Our reality will be relational, centered in love, and called to pursue a mission of reconciliation and justice. It might mean that we aren't at home in some of the identities that we once thought we found a place in political parties or social organizations, but we will have a home in the church. And so here's my invitation, here's my challenge to you. I got no doubt you will encounter a complicated moment this week. Or maybe a moment that you don't think is complicated. Maybe it's a moment you think is very clear, but it is producing things that are not the fruits of the Spirit. It's producing bitterness or anger or something along the lines. And so my challenge to you in that moment is not to try to figure out what the right answer is. Instead, it is to remember and believe in the triune God, and then to ask, if this is who God is, if this is my God, how will I respond to this situation? Friends, we do that, I believe we will come to live in a reality of grace, And it will galvanize the others to want to join us as the church. This is our call. This is our commission. Thanks be to God. Amen.